If I can invite you to be seated, please. Our scripture this morning, uh, actually I found a video that shows the place we're visiting as well as has the scripture reading. So if you'd turn your attention to the screen, please. Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Good morning and happy Easter. <clears throat> it is good to be able to celebrate with you all this morning, as well as those of us who are worshiping online today. Today we're going to be wrapping up our sermon series where during the season of Lent, we've looked at different places of the Passion, which are locations where the final week or events in Jesus's life occurred in and around the city of Jerusalem. And we've been looking at each of these locations by following along with the Gospel of Matthew. And so over the past six weeks, we've been to Bethany and Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, Gethsemane, Caiaphas' house, Pilate's Judgment Hall, and Golgotha. And in each place, we've paused, and we have been reminded of what happened, how it happened, and of how Jesus offered himself, and of how whatever happened in that place was part of God's plan. And so this morning, we're going to visit the, the garden tomb, as you've seen from the video. I'm going to admit to you, if you want to picture to yourself the most perfect place that you could go visit that would remind you or make you feel like it was the spot where Jesus was resurrected, it's this place. <clears throat> because it's beautiful. It's known as the Garden Tomb. It's also known as Gordon's Calvary. 
Because this site is relatively new in terms of its discovery, it was first documented by a British general named Charles Gordon in 1863. And so it's said that Gordon noticed this hillside that you'll see on the next slide, and he looked at it, and it was outside of Jerusalem. As we see, it's the Gordon's Calvary is the very top of the map. Outside the walls, you can see a little box, and that's Gordon's Calvary. And you'll see on the map on the next picture that, that he looked at this, this stone face of this rock, and he said, that looks like Golgotha, or it looks like Calvary. Because there's two rough eye holes and then a nose, and so he looked at it, and that is what he saw. Excavation later occurred around this site, and an ancient tomb was discovered within a garden, leading some to believe that this is the site of Jesus' tomb and his resurrection, although archaeologists, they've dated the tomb, and it's actually dated from the first century B.C. or before Jesus. So when you visit Jerusalem on an organized pilgrimage, you've been able to see part of what you'll go and see. Often in our trips or the times that I've been, we've gone to Gordon's Calvary or the Garden Tomb on the last day of the trip. We've gone and we've been able to visit the tomb and we've been able to celebrate, the gar or celebrate communion in the garden. The Garden Tomb is quiet, usually. It's serene and it's simple in terms of what you would picture in terms of a garden, except for when the bus drivers are jamming out their Arabic tunes in the bus station that's next to the garden tomb. You can hear it sometimes. And it, I've been there and it's been really quiet. And I've been there when also we could have had a dance party out there because they were just, you know, they were changing buses and everything else. The garden tomb is quiet, it's serene. And when you contrast it to the hustle and bustle of the Church of the Sepulcher, there's a reason that some people prefer this site because it's simple. It's quiet. It's, you can go and be contemplative. You can go and be in prayer. However, archaeology and tradition probably point more to the Church of the Sepulchre because it's got an 1,800-year longer history associated with it. Now, see, we can get hung up on the discrepancy, but I think what it's important for us to do is to focus more on the fact of what happened outside the city of Jerusalem's walls on the day that Jesus was resurrected. As I was reading, there's a, an author named William Thompson who wrote a book on the land of Israel called The Land in the Book, and he said this about the site of the resurrection. There is no need to search for a site that the providence of God has rendered it impossible to discover. It is far better, better to rest contented with the fact that somewhere near the walls of the very limited platform of the holy city, the Son of Man was lifted up, that whoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It is himself that men must believe in, not his sepulcher. It is not on Golgotha that we must look for salvation, but to the precious blood of the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So what Thompson is essentially saying for us is that the site of the resurrection is not nearly as important as what God has done in and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is that true? Because whenever we look to Jesus, and whenever we pray to Jesus, and whenever we turn to Jesus, what we see is that fear is driven away, and that hope is offered, and that life is celebrated, is God offers us and grants us the gift of his grace that is far beyond what you and I could ever do for ourselves. And so if you think with me of that first Easter morning... We've heard the words as we've seen pictures on the screen from Matthew's gospel. 
As Matthew has the women going on that first Easter morning to the tomb, but if we think of it, it is an Easter morning that was far different than the Easter morning that you and I woke up to today. Because the first Easter morning was a day that began with fear. Look at the scriptures as Matthew writes it. Matthew 28, 4, the guards were so terrified of him that they shook with fear and were like dead men. Matthew 28, 5, the angel tells the women, don't be afraid. Matthew 28, 8, with great fear and excitement, they, the women, hurried away from the tomb and ran to tell the disciples. And then finally, Jesus himself saying, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers that I am going to Galilee. You will see me there. They will see me there in Matthew 28, 10. Do you hear it? We hear more than once in Matthew's gospel that the first Easter morning was a day that began with fear and it was a day that the people who followed Jesus were able to hear time and time again, don't be afraid. And so four times Matthew tells us that the resurrection of Jesus is not about bringing fear into this world and into our lives. That's the message to the Roman guards who didn't believe. They didn't know who Jesus was. That's the message to the women who were followers of Jesus. And that's the message to the disciples. That's the message of Easter. That the resurrection of Jesus Christ replaces the fear that we have in our lives. And God allows us and replaces that fear with faith. And so Easter didn't begin in the way that you and I were able to begin it. Easter didn't begin with with people thinking hallelujah or saying he is risen or hearing the familiar first chords of Christ the Lord is risen today belted out on the organ. The first Easter began with fear. All was lost. Jesus had died. The stone was rolled across the tomb. And see, Matthew tells us something. He says the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. And they went to Pilate after Jesus had been buried and the stone had been rolled across the front of the tomb. And they went to him and they said something. They had remembered this. They said, this man said, after three days I will arise. Are they not operating in fear as well? Because their fear was that Jesus' followers would sneak into the tomb and steal the body, making what he had said would happen true. So the chief priests, the first Easter was a day of fear. Pilate shared their fear when he said, go ahead, you have guards, make it be as you wish. They were to have guards in front of the tomb until the three the time had lapsed when Jesus had said he would be resurrected. Everything about the first Easter was a day of fear. I mean, look at the disciples. Just a few short days before, they had sat around a table with Jesus. They had said that they would not betray him, even as he said, one of you will betray me. He had told them, all of you will be like sheep who scatter. And in unison, each one of them denied what Jesus had said would come true. In unison, they all fled and deserted Jesus in his time of need, with only Peter following him to Caiaphas' house until he denied Jesus three times and then fled into the night. See, fear drove all of them, and fear finds them on that first morning, that first Easter morning, not going to to look for Jesus, but hiding in a home in Jerusalem, wondering what's going to happen next. See, the first Easter was a day full of fear. In five places, Matthew's gospel tells us that Jesus said he would rise from the dead. 
Five times he essentially said, I must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, be killed, and on the third day be raised. Even after hearing that phrase five times, the disciples chose their fear over faith on that Easter. They abandoned Jesus on Thursday. Only one was at the cross on Friday. And on Sunday, all of them are holed up in this home. From their own actions, we could see how those who were handpicked by Jesus, each of them was handpicked. Even from their actions, we can see how easy it is for us to choose fear instead of faith. Even when you know what is to happen, even when you know how things are going to unfold, even if you know what you're supposed to be looking for, it's so easy for us to fall in that same place. Because fear isn't foreign to us, is it? And we all know the words that we use when we're in fear. We start phrases by saying, you know, what if? What if? And so we think of situations in our lives or decisions that we are pondering or trying to make. And we say, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it doesn't work out as I had planned? What if the outcome is not as I had wanted? What if the test is positive or negative? What if, what if? Whenever we fall into the what if, we allow fear to drive our emotions our thoughts and our resulting action by either driving us to do what we don't want to do or to drive us to do what we don't need to be doing or it also freezes us and keeps us from doing anything. And all three of those things and more can be just because of fear, right? But see, the message of the resurrection that's for us today is that when I read Matthew's gospel in 28.10, and I read of the women going to the tomb, the angel appearing to them, the women going and telling the disciples, Jesus telling the disciples that he's going on to Galilee and he'll meet him there, is that time and time again, when we talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrection replaces our fear with faith. And so the angel's words are words of hope to the women, and they're words of promise for each of you. Because the angel said, don't be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he's been raised from the dead, just as he said. The angel's words to the women were words of hope. For everything had happened. Everything. In terms of Jesus' betrayal. In terms of his punishment in terms of his crucifixion, and now in terms of his resurrection. Everything had happened, just as he said. Friends, Easter wasn't an accident. God's plan unfolded in the story of Easter and in the actions of Jesus, just as God had planned and intended it to. Everything that happened was all according to how God had foreseen it and for the very reason that he had sent his son Jesus to be the word made flesh among us. See, on this Easter, it's hard for us to be in fear when we know that God is in control. It's hard for us to be in fear when we have the knowledge and the assurance that God has a plan for each of us. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus that God replaces our fear with faith, faith with God, faith in Jesus, faith in the Holy Spirit, because you can't come to the tomb of Jesus Christ 
without leaving your fear and replacing it with faith. Christ has died. He is risen. Alleluia. Amen.